so that we actually keep our friendships uh, through the process, which is always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not always the case, and some of us have been on the receiving end of that, and some of us have been that. But anyway, we're kind of learning together. Uh, Madeline, and I never know how to say her last name properly, Leeville, who is an American writer, or was an American writer, she says this, We draw people to Christ not by loudly discrediting what they believe, by telling them how wrong they are and how right we are, but by showing them a light that is so lovely that they want with all their hearts to know the source of it. Isn't that awesome? And I think if we think about sharing our faith in that light, that's something, I know about for you, but for me, that, that I want to do that. I want to be able to show people something so wonderful that they want some of what I've been able to discover for myself. Now, Paul, who was um, an apostle in the New Testament, he wrote large parts of the New Testament. He had this incredible encounter with God that completely transformed his life. And he spent the rest of his life walking around all of the known world at the time, really, wherever God sent him. And he just told people about Jesus and, and demonstrated to them what Jesus was all about and, and what it was that he discovered. He was a carrier of the good news that he had found. And, uh, and he committed himself to this thing. You know, he was a key person in establishing churches all over the known world. And we read a lot of what he did in the New Testament. He wrote letters to a lot of churches that he started. And in one of those letters, he was writing to um, a young and fairly unruly church in Corinth. And Corinth was kind of this bustling metropolis at the time. There was trade, there was industry, there were people coming from all over because there was jobs, there was new money, and, uh, and people were living life pretty high. And, uh, and he writes to the church in Corinth, and he says this, Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralists, loose-living, immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all of this because of the message, which was the message of Jesus. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. And that's the invitation that God gives to us. Now, we can't all be Paul. Um, he was a pretty unique individual. Uh, but what he's talking about here is he was willing to do anything. He'd try anything in order to be able to give away the good news that he had discovered. And while we may not be able to do everything that Paul did, or some of the other disciples that we read about in the New Testament, together, collectively, each, of one, each one of us is going to bring something unique, but we put us all together, and we're going to connect with a lot of different people. And we can be really effective in this thing. So we can take a team approach to this, each one of us doing our part, but collectively, we do a lot, or can do a lot. So we can connect with people in lots of different ways. And one of the things that in the last, well, I don't know, probably 15 to 20 years, if you're in uh, the field of education, they look at um, 
learning styles, and they've recognised that all of us learn things differently. We engage with information differently, and we learn about the world around us differently. So what we're going to do this morning is have, take a look at how do I actually share my faith in a way that fits who I am? Because each one of us is going to do that differently. We're unique individuals, and God made us that way. So he's going to give each one of us a unique fit in the way that we can share our faith, but also for those of us who are still maybe at the beginning end of this process and still trying to figure out, you know, what do I actually think about God and faith, this will also help you to understand how you engage with God. And for each one of us to be able to think about the kinds of ways that we relate with him and that we can actually grow in our relationship with him. So we're going to spend time on that this morning because we've kind of over the last couple of weeks we've been looking at the why this is important and what sorts of things we do. Now it's up to the well, how do we actually do that and put some wheels on it, okay? So that's the plan this morning. Why don't we pray before we jump into that? So Lord, I just want to start by um, thanking you for making each one of us so unique and but that you know how you wired us. And you know the best way for each one of us to be able to relate with you and to relate with other people. So God, I pray that you'd come and that you'd speak to each one of us this morning, that you'd take this information, that it's just words, but Lord, I pray that you would fill it with the power of your Holy Spirit and that you would capture our hearts and open our eyes to be able to see a glimpse of where we fit in this thing. And how it is that we can partner with you and get in on what you're doing in the world around us as we seek to share the good news of what we've discovered. So come, would you fill me? And would you do with us whatever you'd like to this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so finding our fit. That's what the focus is this morning, is for each one of us to hopefully by the end of this to go away with maybe a tool or two in our tool belt that we can sort of use whenever it comes to wanting to tell our story and tell Jesus' story with the people we know. So what's our fit? Uh, it's interesting, as I was uh, getting ready for this, this sermon this week, there's uh, an organisation that I uh, follow online, and it's called fusion.uk.com. Uh, and uh, they're an organisation that are championing a kingdom student movement in the universities all around Great Britain. And when I was uh, in London a few months back, I had the pleasure of meeting one of their key leaders, uh, Miriam Swaffield. And you'll actually get to hear a little bit from her this morning because I'm going to show a video clip from her. But they are all about mobilising young people uh, as they're transitioning out of high school into university, connecting them with local churches as they leave home, and just at that really crucial time where young adults are stepping possibly away from home, but certainly moving into that stage of trying to figure out, so who am I and what do I believe and what do I want to do about it? And, and they're trying to kind of give them tools, to give them courage, to uh, kind of connect them with the wider church family so they can be effective missionaries in their universities all over the country. It's very, very cool. So uh, so I was looking at some of their material that had just sort of popped up on my feed this week, and, uh, and they've been working on something for a while. They just released it and launched it last month that I thought we're going to tap into because it fits so well with what uh, I was wanting to do today. And it's all about looking at our mission styles. And... Uh, this is going to help us to identify the kind of way that we 
uh, engage with the good news and how it is that we then, out of that natural fit, can give it away in a way that fits who we are. Because there's no one size fits all, is there? We kind of know that. The older we get, we realise, you know, that only works on T-shirts, uh, but nothing else. So, uh, so the good thing about that is that uh, we're not going to talk about uh, so much one way of sharing our faith as multiple ways so that each one of us can find our way of doing that. So um, it's based on the different learning styles that there are, and, uh, and we're, look, we're not ever going to just be one thing. We're too complicated for that. Uh, we're always going to be a combination of this. So there's actually a questionnaire, and I'm going to post the link to that on the Facebook page later today so that you can get jump on. You can do it with friends. You can do it as your life group. Young adults can do it together as a group so you can see, you know, like the combo that you've got going on in there, or you can just do it individually. And I know that when I did it this week, I actually came out with two or three that are pretty close together. So uh, you can lean into different things. A bit like Paul said, you know, I've done all the things I can to reach as many people as I can. So we're going to tap into those this morning. So based on that material, we're going to look at four ways of being, um, uh, the sort of missionary styles we can lean into. So there are people that are convince me people, like convince me about Jesus. There are people that want to be talk with me about Jesus. Others that let me experience Jesus. That's the way I'm going to engage with him. And then the last group are show me people. Show me Jesus. So these suggestions are uh, insightful for us. And I want, as you're listening, I want you to sort of engage with it in two ways. I want you to be thinking about this for yourself as you hear the things. Kind of go, yep, that's me. That sort of seems like that's probably who I am, the way that I engage with God. It's probably the way that I'll be able to share my faith. But also be thinking about the different people in your life. Because they are going to be these in these different arenas as well. And so you know how um, you can be talking to a friend about something or a spouse, and you realise we're just missing each other. We're just sort of, you know, you're trying your best to communicate, but you're kind of missing each other. That can happen, and we've probably all encountered that in trying to share our faith. And that could be because I'm coming from this mission style. And they are hearing it from this one. And so we miss each other. So hopefully this is going to help us to understand one another better. All right, here we go. So the first mission style that there is, is convince me people. Now these are the people that love information. They want evidence. They don't just want, you know, airy-fairy experiences. They want something tangible, something real on paper that, you know, they can go and research, they can study. They can engage with it. They want facts, and they're going to pull that all together. They're going to chew it over, and they're going to think it through and wrestle it, you know, and kind of ask all the questions. Is this ringing any bells? A couple of people smiling at me as I'm unpacking that. They want to weigh everything up. You know, they want proof. <laughs> I'm just thinking about friends, I know that. They want proof. How do you know? They want evidence and facts. An example for us in Scripture of someone who's like that is Luke. Now, Luke was one of the disciples of Jesus, and he wrote both the book of Luke and Acts. And at the beginning of the book of Luke, he says this, and he's actually writing to a young man called Theophilus, and he says this, I have, uh, he's basically saying, I've investigated all of the eyewitness accounts of what happened while Jesus was around in close detail. He words writing. I have researched in close detail 
and I write it down. So, Theophilus, that you would know the reliability of what's being taught about Jesus. So he's a facts man. He's gone to great lengths to get all the details right. Thomas was another disciple of Jesus who needed this sort of information. When Jesus was resurrected and he came back and met with the disciples when he'd been raised from the dead, uh, the first meeting he had with his disciples, Thomas wasn't there. And so a little bit later on, because uh, Jesus was around for a bit after he um, rose from the dead, we often think he just sort of just disappeared again, aren't we? But he actually was around for quite a while. But all of the other disciples had told Thomas about what they'd encountered. This experience of like, he's alive, you know, like we saw him. So they're like telling their stories. And Thomas says, I will not believe unless I see the nail holes in his hands and I put my finger in the nail holes and stick my hand in his side. I won't believe it until that happens. Now, sometimes we as Christians get a bit uncomfortable with this. And we think that people that ask those kinds of questions or who need that sort of evidence are kind of pretty low on faith. Jesus' response was not that. Jesus, when he came again and he met with all the disciples and Thomas was there, he said, hey, Thomas, come on over. Come and put your fingers in the holes in my hands. Come and put your hand into that hole in my side. It was totally fine. He totally got that Thomas needed evidence so that it would help him to believe. Now, we, some of us in this room, are going to be like that. And some of our friends are going to be like that. So can I give you some pointers to get you ready to be able to share your faith out of that strength that you have. Study scripture and study church history. Read widely. Fill up your tank so that then when you you do engage in these conversations and even debates around this sort of thing, you actually do know the basis of your faith. Alpha is a great place. If you're one of these people that you, you kind of you want information, you want to be able to wrestle with this stuff, then attending an Alpha course or being part of leading an Alpha course is a brilliant place for that. We've just finished the one that we're doing this year. We'll do it again probably the second term next year. But it's so helpful for people that actually want information. The other thing that you can do if you are a convince me person or if you have a convince me person in your life is make yourself available to actually talk about their questions. That questions are okay. God is actually able to be questioned. He's big enough and strong enough that it will stand up against rigorous questions. We don't have to be afraid of this. And for those of us, like myself, who find that slightly intimidating because I often feel like, I don't know enough, I don't know the answers to all their questions, that's okay. Just journey with that person and help find them together. Or find out who the other convinced people are in the church that are a bit further down the road, go pick their brains. That's what I do. The other thing to remember if you're a convinced person, because you can be quite, you know, direct with this whole thing, is just to remember that you're still representing Jesus. And he is ultimately a source of love. So there's a certain humility that we need to bring to this thing, if that's us. Because sometimes you can want to be right so much that we kind of trample over people a bit. So we do want to be a bit careful with that. Okay, we're going to just, we've got four clips this morning, so it's not just me telling you this stuff. You're going to hear from some people that actually identify themselves in these four categories. They're going to talk to you a little bit about what it looks like for them and how it is that they can share their faith out of that. So we are going to watch the first one about convincing people. What that means is I'm really saying, convince me that Jesus is worth believing in. 
I'm wondering if there is strong historical evidence for the existence of Jesus, if the Bible is a historically accurate account of his life, if there is a rational foundation for believing in the existence of God. These are all these questions that are in my mind. And it's important to note that for a convinced person, questioning and investigation is a really healthy part of the process because it's not necessarily a sign of a lack of faith or of doubt but really going through these questions strengthens our faith. And therefore, when I was growing up, I went to a lot of church events, I went to camps, and I had what I would call a very real experience and encounter with Jesus. But in the back of my mind, I often thought, am I actually encountering Jesus, or am I just getting confused by the synth pads of the worship team in the background? Because a convincing person is looking for the objective, truthful foundation upon which that subjective experience of Jesus is built. And so I went on a journey of having loads of debates, watching many YouTube videos, reading books, questioning, really trying to assess what is the evidence for the Christian faith, and do I think it's reliable and believable? And the conclusion I came to is that yes, Jesus was a real person that the Bible is a very reliable source that there is strong rational argumentation for the faith that I have in God. And so if you are sharing Jesus with a convinced me person, really invite those questions. Don't be afraid of difficulties. Ask them, what are those barriers that you have to faith? What do you find difficult about Christianity? And if you don't know the answer, don't lag, don't try to make it up. Just be honest and say, wow, great question. I don't know what to say, but here are some resources. Let's investigate this together. So that's essentially when people say, why do you believe in Jesus? It's because I can see that there's really good evidence that I've weighed up for myself, that I know he is who he says he is. Right. So as you hear all that, how many of us think we have a convincing person in our lives? Yeah, a bunch of us. Okay. So we, we, we can be people that walk with them, right, and, and direct them to really great stuff so that they can actually satisfy their need for information to be able to move toward faith. All right. Our second group of people are talk with me people. Surprisingly, I scored quite high on this. And, uh, and they are highly relational people. It's all about the people people. It's all about people, okay, for them. Information, not so much. So this is where the whole miscommunication thing can happen. Because whereas our convincing people, it's all about the information. The talk with me people, honestly, that's kind of helpful. But mostly I just want to hear your story. And I want you to hear mine. And I want to under, be understood. And, uh, and so for us, for talk with me people, this isn't actually my highest one, believe it or not, but I do it a fair bit. You're going to find with talk with me people that people are going to open up with you quite a lot. You might get together for coffee or, you know, you're walking on the beach or something with the dogs. And, and then suddenly people are sort of pouring their heart out to you and telling you their whole life stories. There's a lot of that going on around the room with people that do this. And that you're not really quite sure how that happened, but it happens all the time. Uh, talk with me people are relational, they're warm, they're people who share their hearts and lives very easily with other people and they draw that out of others. And uh, stories and personal connection is, is huge for this. In fact, the character of the person that they're either talking to or hearing from 
is probably more important to them than evidence or even scripture sometimes early on in the piece because they're so impressed by the person. Even miracles and stuff like that won't impress them so much as the person that is there with them, talking to them about Jesus. An example in scripture is, uh, well, Jesus himself, actually, with his disciples. He calls all of them to come follow him, and then he spends three years just doing life. You know, we hear all the highlights in the scripture. We get kind of the, the headlines, you know, all the bits and pieces. But there's a whole lot of mundane, everyday life that goes on. And these men and all their families and, you know, kind of that number grew and grew and grew. Just did life together. They walked really long distances together. Well, what do you do when you're walking? You chat. You talk about, so I, you know, had this weird dream last night, you know, or the fishing wasn't that great today. You start with that, but then you often move them to the really hard things, don't we? We build friendships there. You know, another uh, word for this kind of form of kind of sharing our faith is, is friendship evangelism. And it's being a good friend to somebody. Philip in uh, Acts 8, he was another one of uh, the disciples of Jesus, and he has this encounter with an Ethiopian uh, who was a high ranking minister in the Ethiopian royal court. And he was, uh, Philip was at home praying and God told him to go out to a certain road and wait there. And that there was going to be someone come by in a chariot and he needed to go talk to him. Wouldn't that be great? I don't know about you, but I'd love to get those clear instructions every day. But anyway, Philip did. And so off he trundled and uh, waited out there. And here this Ethiopian comes in his chariot and he's reading out of the book of Isaiah which is one of the prophets in the Old Testament. And as he goes by, Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian says, no, I need someone to help me. And so Philip jumps up and they travel together and they talk about scripture. And that was the opportunity that Philip had of being able to just talk to this man and teach him about Jesus out of this piece of scripture that this man was wrestling with. And on the back of that, the Ethiopian came to faith and was baptised before they parted company. We don't know what happens from there. That's pretty cool. That's kind of the sorts of things that talk with me people do. They get together, they sit, they talk, they unpack things. You know, it's pretty great. So if this is you, embrace the fact that one of your strengths is all around people. And that you get to partner with God in what he's doing. So you want to get good at doing what Philip did. Listening to God, well, what are you doing with Francois, our man of muscle? What are you doing in Francois's life at the moment? And if, if we're friends and we're meeting for coffee, or, you know, the four of us are having a meal together, Lord, what is it that I could say? What story could I share? Or you just get really good at asking great questions that open people up, that enable them to be able to tell you their story or the things that are going on in their life at the moment. Don't underestimate, my talk with me people, how a well-timed phone call or coffee date and what you have to say and the questions you ask can become pivotal things in people's lives as they process what God's doing in them. So don't underestimate that. Learn to listen well. Some of the talk with me people uh, need to learn how to listen because sometimes it's easier to talk. Learn how to listen. Learn how to ask great questions. Be trustworthy with what people share with you. That's really, really important. If we want people to be 
able to share and be vulnerable, then we need to be trustworthy with what they give us. And the other thing is, is that even though this doesn't necessarily come naturally for us, we actually need to lean into the convincing people and understand why we believe what we believe so that we can actually share that effectively with people. So practice telling your story. Practice telling some of the stories of Scripture that have really impacted your life or the stories of people that you know. Let's hear from another person who is a talk with me person so we can hear some more ideas. As a talk with me person, it's all about people. I discover more of Jesus through hearing people's stories and their opinions as well. I think as we hear people's stories, we can see more of um, where Jesus is at work in all of our lives. And um, I guess this works the other way as well, the other way around, where I learn more of what Jesus has been teaching me as I get a chance to sit down with someone and share what's going on in my life and where I'm at. So for us, as Talk With Many People, conversation is really powerful. Uh, asking questions really unlocks things, and it often gets quite deep quite quickly. So like the other day, my friend rang me just to catch up about life, and we ended up talking about how depressed and alone she had felt that week, how difficult she was finding things. And so I was able to speak Jesus into that situation, tell her that she wasn't alone, and even pray with her. And this happens to me a lot, whether in the middle of a bar or a club or at the middle of, in the middle of a swimming competition. Um, conversations can get deep quite quickly because people share what's going on with them when you take time to listen and um, and ask questions, I guess, talk it through. So although experience is great and theories are brilliant and meeting people's needs as well, uh, for a talk with me person, unless we get the chance to sit down and I guess hear people's, hear where people are at and what it all means to them, we're not actually going to get very far. So my top tip for sharing Jesus with a talk with me person is to get alongside them and get to know them. Uh, we want to be seen, we want to be listened to, and we want to be known. Um, so take them for coffee, hear their story, and share yours, share your testimony of how you've come to know Jesus. Um, conversations and taking time are powerful. Don't underestimate it. All right. So as you look at that, how many of us think we have some talk with you people in our lives? Yeah. Very cool. There's a few, few more of them. All right, our next mission style we're going to look at is the Let Me Experience Jesus. These are the, uh, have, let's have a go. Kind of work it out as we do it, people. They don't probably read the manual or the instructions. Uh, they're fairly adventurous and pioneering. And uh, they love to get involved. The thing for them is it's about action. It's not about words. Words aren't enough for them. They really need to sort of be in there and seeing the activity of God actually at work. Uh, both in their own lives as well as in the lives of people around them. So they're looking for opportunities to kind of dive in there. I suspect that um, well, I, when I did this thing, I didn't actually expect this one to be my highest, but it ended up being that. And uh, and when I read a bit more about it, I kind of thought, oh, yes. So you know how we did a long weekend of prayer in June, June July, whenever that was? Yeah. Um, and we've got a full 24-7 week of prayer coming up at the end of November. Yay. Yes. So excited. Um, so I had been reading a book written by uh, Pete Gregg, who is the founder of the 24-7 prayer movement. And I was about a third to nearly a half my way through, and I was just like convinced we needed to do this as a church. 
And so we just started doing it. I still haven't finished the book. But I was just like, this, we just have to do this, you know. And I jumped online and I looked at a whole lot of information. I knew people who had done it, so I just talked to them about what they did. And, you know, it was kind of, let's just work this out, but let's actually do this thing, you know. And so that's the kind of thing that Let Me Experience Jesus people are looking for. Now, Peter, in the New Testament, he's another one of the disciples, he's a perfect example of this. He kind of would often throw himself into a thing without really fully thinking all the way through and then find himself in the thick of things. And we see that happening in Matthew 14, 22 to 33. And this is when the disciples have all been sent by Jesus out on the boat. Jesus was going to stay behind and just have some time quiet with God on his own. And a huge storm came up. And four o'clock in the morning, the disciples, who had not slept well because of the storm, because it's a huge lake, and uh, they see Jesus walking across the water in the middle of the storm and start freaking out, thinking it's a ghost. Once Jesus reassures them it's actually him, and he invites them to come out on the water with him. Now, the only one that did that was Peter. And I suspect he didn't really think that all the way through. He's just like, yes, I'm in, you know, and he steps out and off he goes and then starts to realise where he is and what he's doing and starts to think. And Jesus rescues him out of that. Um, but that's the kind of people that let me experience people are. They kind of just throw themselves in there. So if this is you, get involved. Don't fight that natural sort of pull to want to make things happen. You could create things that maybe aren't happening yet or help get things up off the ground. Like, uh, you know, life groups we were talking about this morning. Those people that have actually come and started those things, I suspect you've probably got some let me experience people amongst that lot. But, you know, create a life group that has a missional perspective to it, an outreach to it. Is there something new that isn't happening yet in the life of Coast or in your own life that God's been speaking to you about and inviting you to step into? That could be something that's for you. One of the things I think Let Me Experience people have to get comfortable with is taking risks. Some of us are more natural risk takers than others. And, uh, but this is going to be part of sharing your faith out of that let me experience thing because you're, you're kind of always looking to be doing the next thing. And that involves risk-taking. And the thing is, is that as we go, we want to get good at inviting people to come with us. You know, just rope them in. You know, we, uh, when we started the church, uh, well, we hadn't started the church, we had this brilliant idea of this fantastic church that God had put in our hearts. We can kind of and nearly see it, nearly taste it, but it wasn't actually anything yet. And we, Matt and I, just started talking to people and about what we think God was up to. And we had these awesome people jump in with us. You know, come with us. We actually didn't have a clue if this was going to work out. Wonderful that it has and that you're all here. But, you know, it was, it was like, yeah, let's go do this thing together and figure it out as we go, you know? Actually, we've probably got a fair few of us that we've experienced people in that team, I suspect, and I think that. But, you know, it's like, take people with you. And then if you've got some of those let me experience people coming with you, they then get to experience it for themselves. One of the best things we could do for these people is help them to learn how to hear from God for themselves. Because then they are going to encounter him. And nothing changes us more than encountering Jesus for ourselves. Hey. So, we're going to hear from Miriam, who I mentioned before. Uh, she's one of these experience-type people. So let's hear from her. 
let me experience person. This means I'm not that interested in hearing about loads of information and facts and theories about God. Really, I want to apply it. I want to live it and I'll experience him as I have a go. For example, I was reading a book in which the author had loads of stories about how he was trying to live as Jesus lived. Seeing signs and wonders, praying for people, seeing miracles and seeing people come to know Jesus. I hadn't even finished the book yet and I'd already said to my friend, I think we need to give this thing a try. Now, we were sat in a restaurant, so that meant there and then I said to the waiter, if God could do a miracle in your life, what would you ask him to do? Turns out the waiter was about to be made homeless. So we prayed for him. We asked God to provide and we began to put into practice what I'd already been reading, even though I hadn't finished the book. With Let Me Experience People, it's all about risk and getting out of your comfort zone and finding those spaces that God can fill. If Jesus' message is for the whole world, we just want to join in with what he's already doing out and beyond. So if I was going to share Jesus with a Let Me Experience person, I'd definitely do it through inviting them in to what you're already up to. Get them involved in the community. Get them hands-on with what you're already doing, whether that be in a church service or a worship gathering, through just hanging out with you and your mates that know Jesus, so that they can experience God in how other people are living it. Club Mission is a really good example of a way a Let Me Experience person can see God in action and be part of it. Dare them to do a sober night out with you, to join you in serving people on the streets, in offering prayer when people are at their most vulnerable, handing out water bottles, and being part of the answer to the prayer and need for the people in front of them. In fact, prayer is a really good way to go with Let Me Experience people. I recommend teaching them how to hear the voice of God for themselves, so that they don't always hear other people's stories, but they can begin to live their own story, encountering God through the Bible and having it impact their lives, hearing the voice of God and praying for specific things that God can provide. With Let Me Experience People, it's all about getting your hands dirty and just on the move finding more of Jesus. So invite them in and understand if Jesus is real and present and able to be experienced, then actually our job can be to introduce Let Me Experience People to him and let them live it out for themselves. All right. How many Let Me Experience People do we have in our lives? Do we have some? Yep. Very cool. Uh, Miriam talks about prayer. Now, we've got this 24-7 prayer week coming up at the end of November. So that means that as a church, we're committing to pray for 24 hours for seven days, which we've never done. So, but we're up for a challenge, aren't we? Yep. Hey. Yep. Yes, there we go. A resounding roar was what I was hoping for. But there we go. We'll work on it. We've got like a month. Okay, so. uh, but imagine if we invited those let me experience people that we have in our lives that don't know Jesus yet or may be a bit curious, imagine if we invite them with us into that prayer space and just let them loose in there. But for many of us that went in there in June, July, whenever we did that, it was really powerful for us, wasn't it? Like we, we all came away with stories of how God just really surprised us by meeting us there. Well, imagine if we could actually let that happen for the people that don't know him yet. But we say, hey, come and, come and with me to this thing that I'm going to go do. We don't really know what's going to happen when we get there, but we're going to go pray. And see what happens. It could change somebody's life and their destiny and that of their family. So, food for thought. Here we go. Last one. Show me people. All right. These people are similar to let me experience people, but a little less infectious. 
They, they actually plan. <laughs> they embark strategy. They want to see real, tangible change. They want to see the reality of what God and his activity in someone's life actually looks like in real terms. So it's, um, that's what catches their attention. That's what gets them really excited. So they're really practical. These are the people that are often involved in social justice type things, serving their community. You'll see them, or actually you probably won't see them at church because they're the ones in the background making it all happen. But we rely on them so much. They're brilliant fixing people, fix it people. There's like no problem too hard for them to solve. They figure it out and fix it. These people want to do something similar to the experienced people um, because they want to see life change in real terms. So, um, our Live Below the Line guys, who we just had a team of um, our young people, and not so young, and older, yeah, and they who was actually eight, uh, sorry, not nine, um, they spent a week, just a few weeks ago, of choosing to live below the line of uh, poverty. And so they had 285 to spend per day on food. And they chose to live like that so they could raise awareness and raise funds for people who live like that all the time and to raise uh, awareness of trafficking because it makes people vulnerable to trafficking. I suspect we're going to have some of our show me people in there because it's tangible, it's real, it's changed. Uh, Love Soup, who is a, an organisation up in Whangapuroa that are working in the community to try and provide food and meals to people that are uh, needing extra support. They are show me people. And an example in scripture of a show me person is Jesus healing and feeding the 5,000. That was 5,000 men, but there were women and children with him as well. Jesus, the wonderful thing about Jesus is he's not just like this uber spiritual guy that sort of hovers above the ground and everything's sort of very esoteric. He was intensely concerned about practical, real need in people's lives, like food, like healing. So that's why he went around, partly to demonstrate the kingdom of God and that God cares about all of that. So he would heal people of their sicknesses and diseases, but he also, after they'd spent like a full day out in the country doing that, and they realised, man, there's no takeaways out here, and we've got 5,000 men and their families to feed. What are we going to do? Jesus said, all right, bring me what you've got. We had a couple of fish and a few loaves, and together with the disciples, God performed a miracle and fed all of those people through those few things. It's intensely practical, and that's the sort of thing that our show-me people really, really want. They want to see practical change. So if this is you, get involved. Get involved in teams both here at the church, that are doing things out in the community, whether it's, uh, it might be as simple as like having a bag of groceries that you keep of non-perishable things in the boot of your car, so that when you encounter someone in the community that you're like, they just need some extra help. You've got it ready to go, here you go. Here's some groceries. You're meeting a real need. And one of the things that you want to get good at, maybe, in the course of doing that, is as well as doing something practical that you're so brilliant at, is learn how to tell short little bits of your story. Or Jesus' story. So that you can marry those things together. Um, Alright, remember that you want to tell the stories of the lives that you're seeing change. So that you motivate these people. But if you've got a friend who's a shiny person, they're going to want to hear the stories of actual change that God has done in people's lives. Whether it's your life or someone that you know, 
and you want to be able to share with that. Get involved with uh, like the blokes when they go out and do community service and they've gone out into people's homes and just done things for them because they needed help. Or the meal train. You know, we have families and individuals at times who are about to pick one up this week because we've just been made aware of a family here at Coast who are just really vulnerable at the moment and need extra support. Do something. You're good at this, show me people. So jump on in and like, yep, I'll make a dinner. I can help with that. It makes actual change to people's lives. And don't underestimate what a meal or, you know, something like that can feel so small, can't it? But it, for the right person at the right time, that can just be huge in terms of demonstrating God's love for them. Okay, we've got unruly kids starting right now. So we're going to nip that one in the bud there. But let's have a quick look at our last person. I'm interested in how the gospel makes a practical difference in somebody else's life. So if someone decides to follow Jesus, how does their, their life look different to how it used to look? Because Jesus is real. He's alive. And he makes a difference in our life. So, uh, I've seen people who are, I've known friends and things who used to be homeless, people who are alcoholics, but because they've encountered the gospel, their life's been transformed. I know people who were in huge amount of debts, and their whole family has come off that debt and been totally free as a result of, firstly, Christians outworking their faith practically, putting it into action, and it's transformed someone's life. The point is, it worked. It's real. So, I don't need to know all the theories. I don't need to talk until I'm blue in the face in the middle of the night. I just need to know, look, is this gospel real? Is Jesus still alive? And I think he is, so it's going to make a huge difference. If you're looking to reach somebody who is a showy person, my top tip is show them the fruit. Show them something that works. Tell them a testimony of, of some transformation or something like that where you can go, look, it used to be like this, and now it's like this because of the gospel. See, it works. All right. How many of us have shown you people in our lives? Cool. Alrighty. This is one of the things that you might want to do and invite them to join you in it. It's Operation Christmas Child. Every year we partner with Samaritan's Purse to actually get these shoeboxes stuffed full of toys and fun things for Christmas. And it's sent off to different parts of the world just to kids who wouldn't normally be able to get that. Now last year we think we had somewhere some 60 to 70-ish boxes that we sent as a church. And, uh, and we'd love to be able to meet that and do more this year. So Phoebe, who isn't in here at the moment, but she will be at the end, she's got some of these little shoe boxes you can grab uh, from her over there at the end. But that's the kind of thing, if you have a showy person in your life, you could actually, as a family, be doing this yourself, but you can invite them to do it with you. And you can talk about the why. Why am I doing this? Because, you know, God cares about these kids. So, find when you fit. I'm going to pop that survey. This is the link in case you want to quickly throw it into your smartphone for later. This is lunchtime entertainment for you. Um, uh, but I will pop it up on the Facebook page. So if you're following that, you'll be able to just look, follow a live link later today. But as we're sitting here and as we've heard all these different uh, mission styles and how they can fit us, I wonder how many of us think that we are a convincing person. Awesome. We have one. No, we have a few. Brilliant. Okay. What about talk with me? How many talk with me people do you have? Bad. Let me experience Jesus, people. Where are you? Okay. Bad. 
and show me. A practical, down-to-earth, make-it-happen, show me people. Lovely. Very, very cool. Now what I'd love to do, in just over a few minutes, and we don't do this very often, um, uh, I actually want us to pray for one another, just where we are. Um, now, if prayer is not a normal part of your life and it makes you feel ever so slightly terrified, that's totally fine with coffee or that. Uh, you can just go, go ahead and do that. But uh, for those of us who are a little more comfortable with prayer, even if you're not comfortable with prayer, you might just want to say, look, I don't actually want to say anything out loud, can I just listen, which would be fine. And let some other people do the praying. But let's just get together in little clumps um, where we are, sort of three or four people, and let's just pray for one another where we actually just are, there's a couple of things I want us to pray. First of all, let's just ask God to bless each one of us for the way that he's made us and those unique bits that we have. So we want to pray blessing on one another. Let's pray for courage to share our faith in a way that fits us and pray for opportunities. And then let's just pray for the people that have come to mind this morning as we've been doing this and we've had different people drop into our head and heart that we know that we'd love to be able to share our faith with or that they might be a little bit curious about God or maybe not at all, but we'd love for that to change. So let's pray for those four things. Okay, blessing, courage, opportunity, and the people that we care about, that we know. Is that okay? No, we don't normally do this because it's a little bit scary. Be brave. Okay, and then we're just going to be done. We're, our kids are finished, so they're going to join us. Coffee will be on. I think there's baking that will come out. Uh, and we can just hang out, all right? So, and it's just a few minutes. So, feel free to move, turn around, talk to the person next to you. Hopefully you're near someone that you know anyway, so you can just chat with them about this. All right? Great. Pete, do you want to just pop on a little bit of music? Just quietly. What have we got? Thank you. Uh, this one? Or this one?